Who the bloody hell's that? Should indeed. You're listening to the Corona Diaries, a sometimes random and often irreverent attempt to understand the psyche of singer Steve Hogarth. Right. Let's just do record on that. <laughs> Did you just wave to the woman who says recording in progress? I may have done. I think you did. Do you know, I don't like her. Do you know why? I wasn't being entirely sincere. <laughs> That's not the first that... woman I've waved to with, without 100% sincerity, if I'm honest. No, no. Right. Any... Possibly won't be the last. <laughs> well, hopefully it's the last. You know. oh, I right. mean, so why, why don't you like the woman on Zoom? There's something about her that really pisses me off. I don't know. It's a feeling thing, Anthony. Right. Okay. I don't quite know where to go from there. Well, no, I do. I'm I'm equipped with the information. Is your camera on? My camera's on, yeah, why? All right. Can you see? Oh, you can. This. This. I've taken delivery of this. Oh, right. This. That's very nice. Oh, hello. Are you, are you allowed to say what it is? Well, yes. It's what it is. There's a man, I think I've spoken about him before. He's called Joshua Stamm and he lives in Santiago, Chile. And he's Dutch, but he lives in Chile. Uh, he's not Chilean, he's Dutch. Uh, he lives in Santiago and he's something of a, um, you know, uh, what? Genius, I suppose. Electrical genius. Mm. Um takes one to know one except that well, obviously except obviously. that I'm not one plainly but he knows what he's doing with a transformer this Mr Stam and he makes replicas of classic you know microphones and uh, I think I th- I think I'd waved the C800 replica right here in the past haven't I waved that you have waved you. that I mean the past and you've gone oh hello what's that there well, I bought this off him, and it just arrived in the week. And this is a, uh, a Neumann U47 replica made by uh, Joshua Stam in Chile. And I'm not talking into it right now because that would be too, I don't know. I'd have to charge much more than a fiver a month to <laughs> uh, talk into that one. What for talking into a knockoff? <laughs> knockoff. A very good knockoff. Steady on, steady on. This was not. Have se- I just offended your new microphone's feeling? This was not seven pounds fifty. Oh no 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 no. Anyway, it's um, it's a thing, and I was fiddling with it earlier. And was it was it bringing you pleasure? There you go. I left you the opening. You were a bit slow, Thank you. but it is you know it's you have had a heavy week. I've I've had a heavy yeah, week. Yeah yeah. yeah. And um, I was fiddling with it earlier, and it sounds really good. Um, 
So I'm quite I'm quite excited about the uh, the Stam U47. The thing is, a real U47, they don't make them anymore, and it's the kind of Frank Sinatra mic. It's the it's the thing that captured Frank and you know Ray Charles and all of that back in the day. Um, so they're fabulous mics. They cost a fortune if you if you buy a real one because they're antiques. And you, so you can cheerfully spend thirty, fifty thousand pounds on one, and it might be rubbish because it's old. So, but would you know? Would I know as, if it was rubbish? Excuse no, me, no. I'm coming round there, Anthony, because <laughs> I've had a drink. Yes, we, yes. We, well, I'll, I will sit and be <laughs> petrified for the four hours it takes you to get here. I'll have calmed down by then. You will have done. You will have done. No, what I was going to say was, so whilst I was driving to get back to jump on this call, mm. is it Pims, by the way? No, I've, what I've done this, tonight is we had a bit of a disaster, Lynetta and I, yesterday, and ran out of limes. Um, and then this disaster was further compounded today when neither of us went shopping for limes. So we haven't got any. And... Uh, Hang on, I'm just going to have to stop it. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. <laughs> well, it, it, it's clearly... <laughs> you take a second. <laughs> I'll put a bit of music in it for you. <clears throat> it was further compounded. I think it's oxygen starvation, to be honest, because I'm in this room up here with the... I don't know why the windows are closed. Probably just for <laughs> what on the warmest day of the year. I have no idea either. <laughs> for you know, for oral reasons, with A U R A L reasons. Hey, I've, I've oh, had to leave because you get the ne'er do wells going by on motorbikes, and so I'm in the top of the house boiling here, and it could be that that's making me hysterical, but it could right. be the drink as well. I so, think I, I, if I had to wear in a direction, I, I think the drink's got something. So what is it? Well, this particular one is uh, this is a oh, it's the old standard. It's a it's a tequila and Red Bull, ah. but I put slices of orange in it to make oh, it more kind of acceptable as a cocktail. So you can see why I thought it was Pims then. Yeah, of course, it's a similar it's a, color. It's got a Pimmy hue. It has. It's 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 like Sarah Miles after a particularly heavy week. Yeah, well, we've been. To, and actually, right. Let's go back to microphones because I've got to pick oh, up yes. on all these things yes, one by one. Yes. Right, let's go back to mm. let's go back to mic. Right, so you're right because right, obviously you're right because you, you know your stuff when it comes to that particular mic, and it was the one that everybody used. Nat King Cole was the other name I was going to throw in. Oh, hello, hello. What a voice. Oh, what oh. a voice. Oh. So <laughs> you've got your beautiful. Reproduction, your homage, your homage to that mic, haven't you? <laughs> There's a title for this week, Your Beautiful Reproduction. Indeed. <laughs> me homage, yes. Me homage, homage is sitting here very close to me, so I can, you know, I can just go, uh, oh, lovely. Every now and again. It's probably quite cool on your face as well when you do that. It is a bit. It is a bit. Um, but while I was driving home to jump on this call, hmm. I missed a call from oh. the guy who owns Studio Care in Liverpool. Oh, now, 
Now, he's the man we usually hire the actual U-47 from. You you know this. That's why you're, you're teeing that's, this That's up. why I'm doing it. I'm joining these dots. Like a shuttlecock. You're walloping it up into the air so I can swipe at it, aren't you? You are, and you didn't half swipe at it. I, I was in like Flynn, yeah, because I've got a lot of time for studio care. They're very nice people. And, uh, yes, we usually hire their U-47. When we do proper vocals, proper, when the, the heat is on. Uh, I've got a, what have I got? I've got, I've got a sure thing. You'll know what it is because you know all about shows. What's I that? Do. What's that really good show on vocal mic? Well, the one you use on stage. Yeah, that's a KSM nine. That's what I usually have, but I have a wired one in the studio. You do, and I, I, and that's a fine microphone. We have uh, a wired one on stage. I do sometimes wired, have a wired one, yeah, and I had, then I have the radio one as well for. Tossing about with for tossing set, for tossing it around. <laughs> for, for posing around with and stomping about. I've got that, and then uh, on the key on the keyboard piano thing, I've got the other one with the wire on, um, and they're very good. And when we're writing and jamming and farting about, they're more than good enough. But when it comes down to grown-up time, you know, and, and Mike goes, we need proper vocals now, Mr. H, tense up, then we usually hire the U47 in from Studio Care. And this is why I bought this excellent Joshua Stam thingamadoo because it's off. supposed to be, you know, orally indistinguishable in... Uh, what do they call call it? In a shootout. Mmm. Mmm, now there's a word. In a mm. shootout, it's supposed to be indistinguishable from the real vintage thing. Uh, whether or not it is, God only knows. But I've been having a listen to it today and it sounds pretty bloody good. Pretty good. Mmm. It's got that... And, of course, a different sounding mic affects how you sing as well, doesn't it? It probably does. Not... Mm. not that I'm conscious of it, but obviously when you when you're listening to whatever you're doing, you you I guess on some level you've got a you've got a feedback loop between what you're hearing and and what you're doing with your voice. That's you're bound to be doing that, I suppose. So maybe it does affect. I was absolutely delighted just before we came on air because. Uh, and I'm, I may have still been at it when we came on here. I was singing Free Man in Paris by Joni Mitchell. You were? And um, I sang that free into the Stem 47 without any piano or anything. I just sang it and it was sounding lovely and I recorded it. And then I thought, oh, I, I'll, I'll just, I listened back to it and I thought I'll put some piano to it. And it was completely on, you know. In it was, it was in C major, even though I'd no idea. I was just singing it free, and I moved all the chords against it, and it was absolutely spot on. Now, that right, that answers the question. <clears throat> well, although I've never had, or I certainly never claimed to having perfect pitch in my entire life. 
You've I, got it tonight. I, I have it today. So yeah. it must be the drink. It must be the drink. <laughs> but here's the thing, because I was going to say, yeah. and you'd expect me to say this, yeah. I was going to say, well, how are we going to get the purples to hear your Stam 47? But, of course, you've already nailed that with a Joni. I could just get, yeah, it is recorded, so I could give them a blast of that. Yeah, so we um, next time we do an Odds and Crooncast, we can use that. Yeah, should we use it without without piano or with? Well, I'll let you make that decision. Or both. Well, you, you, well, you, we, you could put both on, and we could have a, we could put a vote out. I could go, and now with piano. Now with piano. Yes, please complain <laughs> if it if it sounds out of tune, and I'll come That's around. That's that there. Vic Reeves thing, isn't it? <laughs> does it like a, like a club singer, and then now the proper version does it exactly the same. Here on. Perry. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, shall we start? Oh, have we not started yet? <laughs> Well, I we thought, have, but yeah. I thought we were just saying bye bye in the old tradition. <laughs> just, just, just <coughs> it's one seven five, isn't it? No, it's one seven six. No, you're a week behind again. It's one seven five. Oh shit, a break! How's that happened? Have you done it again? I, have you put one seven six for this one? I have. Are you sure? I'm absolutely positive. Oh, well, I'm glad. Glad you're on top of things. I was positive last time, and I'm positive again. Bloody hell! Anyway, one seven five. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I dare ask you to take a breath in your current state. <laughs> no, well. no, I can. I can do that. I might have to open a window. <laughs> it's like a bloody right, greenhouse in it. Here you go. Hello and welcome to chapter one hundred and seventy-five of the Corona Diaries. God, it's hot in here. Hello, Anthony. Hello. How are we? We're doing it. Um, we're doing it in the evening, aren't we? We are. We are. Which, yes, uh, which is good because you're not drinking. You're not no. that far down a, a tea and Red Bull at ten in the morning. No, I'm not. No, at which ten in the morning, I've, I've usually not started. No, no. That well, would, that's why we do ten, isn't it? That would worry. So you me. can start around eleven. <laughs> no, no, no. I um I was in a I was in a cab last night with a with a Spaniard and an Italian. Oh yeah, that's always nice. Yeah, there's no joke. <laughs> but um, but but the Spaniard uh, went away um, with the links for um, Corona Diaries and also to listen to an ad for his dog. Oh, well, that'll change his life. Uh, I thought I said not, that to him. Not necessarily for the better. It's going to change your life. <laughs> I got that question of what you know because he said to me, I said, "Oh, I, I do this job three days a week," and then he says, "What do you do?" And I said, "I do, but I do podcasts a little bit in the in the other bits of time." And then he asked me, and then I showed him, and then he this and the other, and then and and I said, "Yeah, we're on one seven five this week," and he went one seven five, two hundred hours of it. Yes, two hundred and one actually, because it's one seven six, Anthony. But it's not. That... <laughs> let's not get bogged down. Let's not get bogged down in that. <laughs> So we could be, in a very small way, about to break Spain. Or break into Spain, one of the two. Yes, a bit like Luis Rubiales. Well, yeah. yeah he's, the, he's currently busy breaking Spain, breaking isn't he? Spain. In, in his own way. Yeah, his own special way. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I thought I'd mention... The other thing I needed to mention to you, yeah. you'll, 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 you will... This is me, just me and you talking for a minute now. I stayed in the Renaissance for a couple of nights. Uh, St Pancras. Oh, yeah, like the old days. Like the old days. Yeah, lovely. Well, what a yeah, lovely hotel. 
Yes, absolutely fantastic. So I did think about you while uh, I wandered through the doors. Oh, that's touching. Thank you. Yes. No, it's a lovely any. building. Right. A couple of bits of housekeeping from last week. One thing I do think we need to address, because I thought it when I listened to the episode, um, I don't know who it was who pointed out, it might have been Helen, I'm not quite sure, that we did that thing again where we said we were going and 15 minutes later we were still talking. Oh, that doesn't need addressing. That's part of the charm of the whole thing. I mean, <laughs> when she listed everything that came in after the point we said we were finishing... <laughs> <laughs> Somebody else was it? Was it Helen who said it's, it was a bit? It's a bit like me trying to put the phone down on me mum. No, uh, that was was that somebody but else? But over, you know, very valid. I think it was very valid. Mm. It was that. Do you think that's because we did that when we were kids? With that, you know, where you took ages to put the phone down. I didn't because we had a party line, so we were always a bit ah. tense. Where the, you right. never knew what was what was going to cut in, so right. um, no, it's that's not that's not a thing. I think it's that just the me. fact that um, I like the sound of my own fucking voice, yeah, and I just cannot let it stop. Yeah. Um, I might be being a bit hard on it. No, it's not that. That was a joke, Anthony. I, it's just we've got a we. You know, you and I have a we we like having a chat, don't we? And we it's like a, having enough. Seems a shame to stop. Yeah. Well, Helen, I, it, was, it was Helen Thompson, just checking. But, yeah. but 12 minutes of extra, which included second tier holders, tongue twisters, Trump, American Madness, Airbnb hosting, bank holiday idiots, cricket, future guests, vampire musicians, maximalism, and there was still two minutes to go. Right. And it was Sharon Cannings that said it was like trying to get off the phone to her mum. Sharon, I got here late, Cannings. Sharon, I got here late, Cannings. Yeah, bless her heart. Yes. So, uh, so, so, so that's one thing we do need. But we're keeping that in. We're carrying on with that. So when that happens, we'll just leave it. Mm. The other bit that I wanted to, which we may well even start tonight. In fact, I think we should because mm. in your in your current state, I think it's a good cha- uh, uh, shout. Jonathan it- Worthington, <laughs> fine fellow, Jonathan Worthington. Yeah. Um, I imagine because I don't know him. I always think of him brewing beer. You know, like frantically ah. wearing an apron and sweating over a barrel, you know, and <laughs> st- stirring the mash. <laughs> I'm, I'm you clarified it was beer. I imagine him wearing an apron and sweating over a barrel. <laughs> I do. All right, okay. <laughs> that's an image, Jonathan. But that's probably not. That's probably not how he is at all. Of course. No. 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 No, uh, I think he's a baker. Oh. Um, I don't really have no idea what he does. Uh, but Jonathan suggested hmm. uh, he well he's he's intrigued as to whether you've be, ever been approached to do desert island discs. I haven't actually. I just don't think I'm famous enough. I'm not enough of a name as, as, as you know for the the great public to think. Oh, oh, I wonder what he thinks. I don't think the great you know, unwashed. Give a toss what I think. Um, they kind of care what Ryland thinks or Jerry Halliwell, obviously, uh, because you must. But they they don't care what I think. So I've never been approached. But um, I'd be up for it, you know. I think that Kirsty Young would be worth having a chat with. 
Um, is it still Kirsty Young? I thought it was Lauren Laverne. Well, I'd whoever. Put, on, whoever. On principle, I would call her Kirsty throughout, you know, just to establish my credentials as an old fart. Uh, you can't call her Kirsty throughout. <laughs> Why not? She's not going to like that. <laughs> no. Well, she can stick it up her uh, area, can't she, if she doesn't like it. I've been Up drinking. Desert Island. I've been drinking. Yes, yeah, you can stick it up her. Uh... Anyway, back. You've not been on. You've not been invited. And by the way, you're not going to be invited now. <laughs> no. <laughs> I've that got ship no... has literally sailed. I've got no time for them, Anthony. I'm sure they're very nice, but I've got no time for them. Right. Right. Okay. So anyway, what Jonathan reckoned was that we should we should put that right. Yes. By doing a proper job of a Desert Island Discs. Well, I'd have much more time for you. Oh, you know. of course I would, yeah. If, if Were we to do... A de- that would be quite a giggle, wouldn't it? Well, I think we have to do it, actually. Mm. Uh, mm. I, think we, I think we have to do that. I, I would have to refresh myself with the format. Yeah. I can't remember how many it is that you pick. You get the complete um, works of Shakespeare, I know that, and you get the Bible. God, what the hell am I going to do with the Bible? Um, well, with either of those two things. Yeah, yeah. I'd probably... Well, no, I'm, you know, I'm just saying that. I probably would read both. If I was sat on the desert island, I'd think, right, I'm going to get my teeth into the Bible and then I'm going to have a coconut because <laughs> I'm bloody starving. Thing is, an island's not a good thing for you because you just eat an apple, wouldn't you? And that'd be it. You'd be, you'd be, you'd pick up some bit of poisonous fruit. That'd be the end of it. And that'd be the end of it, wouldn't it? Yeah, it'd be just a, a very, very quiet expiring, and the sound of the sea coming in. Yeah. So really, you need a, a pamphlet on grouting or something. <laughs> something. Something you know, ten or fifteen pages for your last hour. Yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't have to be too long, would it? No. Just a bit Grouting's of a, probably a bit overkill for a dozen. Old, you know what I mean? An old Doncaster Rovers versus Tranmere <laughs> Rovers programme. Programme. From the 70s. <laughs> With lots of adverts. <laughs> you reading? Read, oh, I must go down the butchers. <laughs> now, you've got the complete works of Shakespeare and the Bible, but we thought we'd throw those in the bin and give you the... Doncaster Rovers versus Tranmere Rovers programme from 1974. Oh, thank you very much, Kirsty, I would say. If you have out there, if you have a Doncaster Rovers versus Tran- <laughs> Tranmere Rovers programme from 1974, <laughs> we want it. We, we want, we, and we don't care if it's your prize possession. We no, want we couldn't take that off anyone. Come on. Come on, we could. That's nobody's prize possession. <laughs> Let's be honest. That's spoken like a true Sheffield United fan, if I may say that. You you can. Well, I've never... I See, I've never worked out football programmes and why you... In the old days, it told you who was playing, so that made some kind of sense. Right. Pre-screens and this, that and the other. Pre when it was... When it was 11 people who were wandering around with 1 to 11 on the bikes and no names. Yeah. A programme in that respect, this is what's going to happen between three and five o'clock, makes some kind of sense. Mm. These are the protagonists. Mm. You know, that makes sense. But now, I don't, I don't really get it. Right. What, because um, you, you find out off the, off the big screen 
Well, yeah, yeah I mean, an what? hour before kickoff, you get your little notification of what the teams are. Right. And everybody plays to a squad number now, so you learn what people's numbers are anyway. Okay. Because well, back a... in the day, they could change. Oh, could they? Yeah. Okay. So you, you had just... to field one through, one through 11. Oh, uh, all right. Know. So who was those numbers? Yes. Changed from, depending on who. Changed. changed uh, quite, yeah. So, yeah, because if set seven one week might have been Kevin Keegan, and then if Kevin Keegan broke his leg, it had, there had to be a seven. Oh, okay. You see, I didn't know this. I'm blissfully ignorant of all this. Well, yeah, they had to play one through one through 11. Ah, I see. And then it was one substitute back in the day. In fact, I think originally it was no substitutes at all. Was it? You just had mm. to yeah. either carry on or be stretched off, and that was that? Yeah. Back in the... So, I mean, a programme in that respect kind of, kind of would help a little bit. I, I suppose it was quite gladiatorial in those days, really, wasn't it? Oh, it was very gladiatorial. You know, in the sense that someone had kicked the bloody legs from under you, and if you were carried off to A&E, then your team only had ten men and that was that. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. hardcore, yeah. isn't it? I think, I think it very was hardcore mm. compared with what it is, what it is now. But... You know. I think I'd struggle with it. I think that'd be a bit too nasty for me. I would. Cheat. I I I I was never somebody who really enjoyed playing under those circumstances. Playing? Did you play under those? Oh yeah, not no, not not professionally. I mean, the idea that you know that that you just took the legs. Someone passed this way to you know just yeah that someone was allowed to phys- allowed to just physically do you in. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's not right, is it? It's like a no, cage no. fight, isn't it, or a dog fight or a cock fight or something. It's sort of all part of that mentality. Mentality. I, I can't say mentality when I've had a drink. Is that one of your words? Is that one of your non-drink words? Yeah, it comes out as metallurgy. <laughs> so... And obviously, if you've not picked up on this by now, there's very little plan to tonight. And, <laughs> no. And, and... Oh, well, that will set it aside nicely from all the others. <laughs> well, you see, I made I made a decision when I first saw your face. <laughs> and I thought... What, you mean ever or, or, or tonight? No, no, particularly tonight. <laughs> particularly tonight. I thought he's put himself in a sauna and he's, he's you know... It is a bit warm. His, and he's long way down. He's long way down a very big glass of something. Sarah Miles... Yes, yes. With yes. Um, which then takes us to, because I messaged you this week, I happened to ask a question about your plums, didn't I? You did. Yes, you asked how they were doing. And mm. uh, I have to report that it's not been a plum year, really. Um, I've been, I've been um, you know, cross-referencing um, with other fruit growers in the area. In fact, even... Even across Europe, I was talking to Ava from Bavaria just the other night and she said, it has not been a good year for plums. Um, So it's not been a good year for plums. And I was quite relieved because obviously you just think it's just you when your plums have shriveled. Um, You think that's just me. But it wasn't. It's, It's been a bad year for plums. Very good for apples. Plums and cherries, forget it. Why so, is that then? What did Ava say? She just said, it has not been a very good year for plums. 
And I said, right. oh. didn't offer any more insight than that. No, no. Right. Okay. Okay. Because you, you, you had a bountiful harvest, didn't you? When you were in my garden, mm. um, you came down. Was that for Cropperty? That was okay, for Cropperty. When I was yeah. doing the thing with Trevor. So that was two summers ago, was it? Must have been. No, it was last year. Oh, was it last year? Yeah. Good yeah. lord. Well, yes. That was a good summer for plums. This year's been dreadful and uh, we've hardly had anything. Um, and what we have had, you wouldn't have wanted to look at it. Right. You wouldn't. And the cherries, we've got Morello cherries on the, um, on the wall on the left because um, they're shade tolerant, Anthony. Uh, so you want those on a wall. You can wall. still say that when you're pissed then, can you? Shade tolerant. Mm. Yeah, that doesn't come out as metallurgy. It does doesn't it? at all, does it? <laughs> Shade tolerant. Um, but they've been a, a big disappointment. I mean, there was a lot of blossom. Don't get me wrong, there was masses of blossom, but um, they didn't really get going this year. And there was a, quite a lot of plum blossom, but they didn't get get going either. Right. Is there anything you're supposed to do? Do you do you just take it as a bad year, or have you got some remedial work to do? Well, I I don't take my fruit growing serious enough, seriously enough no. to um, to 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 do whatever might be required if anything can be done. Um, right. Although I'm, I tell you what, I'm happy to report we got back well, from Denmark because we've been as you know, on holiday in Denmark, and you and I were chatting. Uh, you from Heckmandwijk and me and my shed in Denmark. Mm-hmm. And um, we got With back. With your hugelit. Eh? With your hugelit. In, in my hugelit shed. And we got back from uh, from there, and as we were driving across your, the European continent, as one must, to get back from Denmark, Lynetta got a text from Leda, uh, who is our local billionaires, to say that she'd left some ra- raspberry jam at our back door uh, because she'd left cherry compote about a year ago. Um, and sure enough, we got back to we got back to a jar or two of the most wonderful raspberry jam. Um, so there we are. I just thought I'd mention that because it was very sweet of her. And you were very taken with her compote, weren't you? Uh, her, her, her compote was divine. Mm. You know, I mean, the thing is, if it's homemade, you don't have to put all that shit in it preserves it. You know, the, if you're selling it into retail, there's always a bit of something, isn't, isn't yeah. there? Well, it's going to be in cupboards and on pallets and stuff for ages. They they put stuff in it, you know, to to keep it fresh. And although that stuff they put in it is about as transparent as it possibly can be, it's never totally without a taste. So when you get something that's fresh... And the colour, to be fair, because I always think homemade looks denser somehow. Right, yeah. Richer in colour. Yeah. And then there's the commercial aspect as well. If 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 you're selling, <laughs> I can't believe we're talking about. <laughs> if you're selling fruit gems commercially, you got you know you got to make money. Mm. So there is always that 
you know, there's the profit margin to consider. If you if you if you're doing if you're doing it at home for love, um, or for whatever. And reason. by the way, if you're going to do it at home, do it at home for love. Exactly. Just, just as a rule. That's what home's for. Home That's is for love, for. Anthony. Yes. And I mean that with with the small L and the big L. What I was about to say was, <laughs> I have two things have come to mind now. Yes. One is we're running out of diary, so oh. maybe we should have a little fruits growers section where the diary used to be. See if Ava will perhaps pop along. Uh, because I'm sure we have got so many people who have got fruit trees and you know and, and plants of different hues. So we could we could cover a lot of, of tips. I think there. Do you know, I've fancied myself a bit as Monty Don. You know, a bit posh in wellies. He's, ev- I, I he's, everything, he's, a, he's everything I'd like to be. Right. I seem to remember letters, Lynetta saying something to me about looking at you but imagining Monty Don's face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, yeah. Look at, I look at her and imagine him as well. So we're, we're, we're both the same boat. <laughs> we're both, yeah. Um, no, I think a little fruit section. There's this week's title again. <laughs> but the other thing I'm now imagining, mm. in that Ben and Jerry's way, I'm imagining your your face and my face on some form of food product. Oh, that'd be lovely, wouldn't it? A bit like yes. Paul Newman's salad dressing. Yeah, exactly yeah. that. And 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 what's his face and his uh, and his chilies? No, who? The person who, it was, who were we talking about? Who, who did chilies? Ma- Manny Elias. Yeah. Yeah. And his chili jams, yeah. So I'm seeing, I'm seeing you and me in a kind of Ben and Jerry style now. Mm, I can see that with 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 a with you know with a selection of some <laughs> things, whether it's jams or condiments, compotes. Yeah, compotes. Yes, yes, the compot diaries. <laughs> This is all, this is brilliant. TCD, TCD, Sorry Lucy, the compote diary. Maybe we could just call the range Sorry Lucy. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good name for jam. We've got a range of jams called Sorry Lucy. It's a good name for jam. Good name for jam. Yeah, God, we're not just riffing, are we? We're on fire here. We're We're on fire. There's magic coming out of this. We should, we, there's a lot of money in marketing, you know. We're wasted. We, we, I think we are wasted. Yeah. I think we are wasted. And there's a lot of people listen to this and go, what a waste. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, hello. So, I, I'm Steve Rogoth. I'm, I'm the lead singer of a band called Marillion. And, and once upon a time, I had some credibility as an artist <laughs> and singer. Um, so, should we talk a bit about music, Anthony? No, but we will go to the diary, Stephen, <laughs> with a PH. Well, we got so close. We got so close. Okay. Oh, we're not getting close. <laughs> Here it comes. Monday, 7th of April, Miami Beach, MSC. Davina. Up again at six, the jet lag shows no sign of abating. I find it bites harder with each passing year. 
opened the sliding doors to the balcony and went back to bed so I could watch the sunrise and listen to the sea. Truly, I feel the wind blowing through the palms of my mind today. Remembered that I hadn't watched Dan Robinson's latest version of The Invisible Man, the movie we're intending to play behind the song on the next tour, so I opened the laptop and watched it. It's really close now. I maybe have just one last suggestion, but I'll speak to Jens about it too and get his perspectives. Went down to breakfast around 7.30 to discover I was alone in the breakfast room. Maybe everyone else had had a late night. The crew appeared in ones and twos, sunburned and hungover. Chatted with our drum technician, Marcus, till 8.30, then went to my room to FaceTime home. Alan Vibes were having lunch and seemed fine. Packed, and I think I managed not to leave anything behind, although my Bose headphones had gone missing. I realised I'd left them on the 747 from Heathrow. Sigh. We boarded a bus to the port, where we all piled into a building where we were processed and shown to a waiting room for the Yacht Club i.e. the part of the ship reserved on this occasion for artists. There was half an hour of tension as I had already lost all the paperwork Frenchie, our tour manager, had given me. Found it later, where I had folded and carefully put it, after I no longer needed it. Said hello and chatted to Steve Hackett and his lovely wife Jo for a while until we were shown onto the ship, the MSC Davina. It's huge, and as we walked through the corridors, the Arabic-looking lounge, the casino, and into the marble reception area, I felt reality slipping away somewhat. We were shown into a little library, where uniformed staff gave us champagne, and then I was shown to my cabin by a butler. There's a balcony with a view of, for now, downtown Miami and the docks. Had a beer and took it all in for a while before going exploring. Went up to the Yacht Club one bar, past the sun lounges and hot tubs, and slowly became aware that I was listening to myself, as alone again in the lap of luxury trilled from discreetly concealed loudspeakers. Went to the bar and ordered a tonic water. I'll stay off the hard stuff till later. Sat and relaxed in the sun while people wandered up and politely asked for autographs, photographs, and declared undying love for the music. Lovely. When we're back at the racket club, Marillion's studio, breaking our heads trying to create the next album, I really must remember their words and the sincerity with which they say them. There's a lot of deep faith out there. Said hi again to Pete, T and family, who arrived in the bar just as I was leaving. Went downstairs looking for a shop that sells socks, and ran into a guy called Garth from Canada, who is terrified of boats, but has taken on his phobia to be here. He said we're worth it. He's a hockey player, and towers over me. He showed me to the shop deck, where I got accosted at length in the casino by passing fans, before discovering that the shops don't open until we set sail. Returned to my cabin for a while, and then ventured downstairs to the top sail restaurant on the 15th deck, where I had some finger food and a cappuccino. Chris Squire was relaxing with his family at the table beside me. I've never met him, 
and I didn't want to bother him. Said hello to John Wetton, who I had met before, up in the Lake District when Pete and I did the charity thing with It Bites a few years back. Went back up to the artist and VIP one bar and said hello to Patrick Moraz, who was introduced to me by Jeff Downs. Joined Jeff Downs at a table with his partner Martine and Asia's manager, Martin Darville. Ended up getting embroiled and missed Steve Hackett's set completely. Damn. I'll catch his next performance later this week. Later, ran into Nick Beggs, who's playing bass with Steve Hackett. It was good to see him. We both went down to deck six as he offered to accompany me in my search for socks. But no luck. We could have had a polo shirt or a handbag, no problem. Nick and I discovered a bar selling cakes and ordered strawberry tartlets and Guinness. Marvellous. Nick told me about a band called Life Signs, whose album he recorded, and they're about to play upstairs on the deck. We went upstairs to have a look at them, and I noticed Frosty, the drummer from Cutting Crew, who we'd toured with in the 90s, Nick Eade's good friend, was with them and played out of his skin during their set. Hooked back up with Rick Armstrong, who sat with us for the Life Signs set. I'm permanently blown away by the fact that here I am, sitting under the stars in a brisk but warm tropical breeze, watching a rock and roll band doing their thing in a space the size of a market square, while the floor below my feet feels solid, there being almost no sense of movement, and we're in the middle of the fucking ocean. I can't get over it. It's incredible. Afterwards, Lucy introduced me to Simon Collins, who looks a lot and sounds quite a lot like his dad, the legendary Phil, and Matt from Sound of Contact, who were getting ready to play on the deck stage. By this time the jet lag was getting the better of me, so I wished them well with their show and came back to my cabin to settle down with BBC World. Peaches Geldof has been found dead today. How awful. She leaves behind two young children, a partner, and no doubt a desolate and devastated father. Poor Bob. As a father myself, I can't begin to imagine the pain. What a truly terrible thing to happen. It often seems to me that those who are at the centre of wonderful things and achieve fame and riches often seem to pay dearly too. I'm reminded again not to envy anyone. You never know what they have to carry. Went to bed and couldn't work out how to turn off the TV. I tried all the usual buttons on the remote, but nothing would kill the screen. Woke after a while to see it still shining away. Got out of bed and pulled the mains out of the back. Around two, I was woken by a distinct smell of burning. My dad was a sailor and said that fire on board a ship is what all sailors fear most. There's nowhere to run. Shit. Got up and opened the sliding door to the balcony. The smell is more intense outside. We're in the open sea, so it's got to be coming from the ship. Called the concierge and she said she could smell something too, down on deck 15. She said they would check it out and apologised for the disturbance. I poked my head outside my cabin door, but all seemed fine outside in the corridor. Lay in bed somewhat nervously for a while, trying to decide if it was getting worse, better, or if I was just getting used to it. 
nodded off for a bit, and when I woke again, the smell had definitely cleared. Phew. Tuesday, 8th of April. MSC Davina. Woke for the umpteenth time and decided to call it and get up. It was 7.45. Hooray! That's almost normal getting up time. Not for musicians, of course, but for those of us with a school run to do. The sense of triumph at having finally arrived in the time zone was quashed by the realisation that the clocks had to go back another hour last night, so it's only 6.45 and I'm almost back where I've been all week. The good news is that I don't have to sing until Thursday, so I still have two more days to adjust. I better had. We'll be on stage at 10.30. That's 4.30am in England. A hell of a time to be singing. Ordered coffee from room service and wrote the diary till ten past eight. There's breakfast upstairs in the one bar. I wonder if that's a coincidence, going for the one and all that. There are a few yesisms on the boat. You can buy a raffle ticket to win a mini Starship Cooper, which is parked up on the deck. If you win, you can drive it away. Bloody long drive to our house, though, from Miami. So I went up to the one bar and had scrambled eggs and bacon and a cappuccino with Lucy. She had slept well and didn't smell any burning. Apparently our tour manager Frenchie and sound man Phil had a party in one of the elevators last night, just going up and down the 15 floors, inviting people in and giving them drinks. Sounds like fun. Maybe I'll join them if they have one tonight. Went walkabout and spoke to a fair few fans. All very pleasant. Fans of many countries and fans of every gender, male, female, gay. The most moving and memorable moment was a hug from Oren, an Israeli chap who had once been a soldier in Gaza. He didn't really explain why, but far from being offended by my words, had chosen to acknowledge them with a hug. I couldn't help but shed tears. My emotional connection to this song is very raw. It's been an enormous pressure putting those words out there, and although I stand by them, I understand that they can easily be misunderstood and sound like an attack on Jewish people, which was never my intention. My words were an appeal to the world on behalf of a Palestinian child, Ahmad Saleh al-Nakala, who grins up at me from my laptop screen. His father collected birds and was shot dead attempting to net songbirds too close to the wall. We've all got to spare little Ahmad a thought and not forget him as Syria and Ukraine push the Palestinian refugee issue out of the media once again and Obama seemingly forgets the pledges he made when he became president. This cruise really is a fabulous thing. Everywhere people are having the best time here in the sunshine. Marillion don't play until Thursday, so we continue to be gentlemen of leisure. Colin, a very nice man from Clacton, who trains people to drive trains, a train driver trainer, just bought me a rum and cola, and it's only 11 in the morning. Tricky staying off the food and drink all day. For me, it's all free, so I could pig out and get sloshed from morning till night. I'll hang on another couple of hours before I have any more. Then I'll go looking for Jason Hart, who plays with Renaissance. I got to know Jason when he used to play with Rufus Wainwright, and he has since opened for us a few times. Maybe I can persuade him into a pink gin. 
I decided I'd buy some Wi-Fi time and managed to FaceTime home. Incredibly, I found myself looking at Lynetta, wrapped in her coat, and vibes out in the street in the village with the stone walls of our house behind them. Don't know how it connected. I guess Elle's iPhone must have still been sniffing out the home Wi-Fi. Here I am, sitting on a ship in the middle of the ocean, talking face-to-face -face with my family out in the street in a small village in England. Went down to the topsail restaurant on deck 15 to discover the weather worsening considerably. Outside, we seem to have run into a storm. Thick, dark cloud above us, torrential rain lashing the windows and the sea becoming increasingly rough. I met Larry and Mike, the co-promoters of Cruise to the Edge. Mike says he's a big fan and it's a privilege to have us play here. Cheers, Mike. I was introduced to Chris Squire and his wife, Scotland. Now there's a name. Well, she's Bonnie. And they surprised me by telling me they'd seen us play at the Forum in Kentish Town a couple of years back. Chris said, I enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Steve Hackett joined us and paid me a compliment too. He's very good at the drama thing. Well, I think it was a compliment. I soon made my excuses and left them to chat. I didn't want them to feel like I was hanging on. These people were my heroes when I was 17. I get nervous that I'll say something dumb if I hang around. All the time the weather was worsening and eventually the organisers and captain took a decision to change course and head not for Honduras but straight to Cozumel. I guess we did cruise to the edge after all, but we didn't like the look of it and turned back. This is cruise to the edge, not cruise over the edge. By 8 o'clock in the evening, the weather was much calmer and the skies were mostly clear, although the sea is still shaking me around a little as I write. I just got back from the restaurant where I had lobster for dinner. Nothing to pay. They're treating us very well here. Don't know if it's the rolling of the ship or an inability to adjust to the time zone, but I started to feel somewhat iffy, so decided on an early night. In bed by 8.30. Still can't turn the telly off. And we're back. <laughs> have you read the diary then? You were going to read it while... Because I've been away. We, we're recording yeah. late this week. So have you read it? I have. Yeah, I've well, read how it. Many, how many days did you read? Well... I think I only did two, but they, they were quite long days. The, the, yeah, the, that would make sense. I was going to say, are you going to do those two days? Because about three pages, isn't it? Yeah. The first day was um, getting out of uh, the hotel in Miami and getting on the boat. And the second day was being on the boat. Um, and they're interesting days because um, I met a lot of, you know, prog gods. Chris Squire, John Wetton, Steve Hackett, Patrick Morazzo, all of these these kind of people that when I was 17 I would have fainted if I'd met. Um, I got to say hi to that lot and have a bit of a chat. Uh, Jeff Downs, of course, as well. Um, the ever-mental Nick Beggs. We went and had uh, tartlets and Guinness together at one point on the boat. Um so that was quite interesting. And then we sailed into a storm. 
Uh, very ocean cloud. We, we, you know, I was except that this this ship we were on was absolutely huge. You know, about as big as my village. And I was looking out of the front to see that we were sailing towards this wall of blackness, you know, a dark, dark sky and 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 mad ocean, and suddenly reminded of the fact that you know the the earth is much bigger than us and um and 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 seeing the tense exchange between the guys that were running the festival and you know and hearing them communicating with the captain and making the decision to turn the ship around and not go to Honduras but to sail to Cozumel because if they carried on towards Honduras, we might end up at the bottom of the sea. So, so we we turned around and um, sailed away from the storm, and that was quite sobering because i I haven't done I haven't done that kind of hardcore sailing before. Um, so that was quite interesting, and of course the um, the discovery that it was possible to have a party in an elevator. And Frenchie and Phil had set up a little table um, with a selection of drinks in the lift, and we're going up and down uh, between the you know the seventeen floors all night. And when anybody got in the elevator, I said, "Oh, hello, good evening, sir. Can I get you anything?" <laughs> so they had an elevator party, complete with bar, which I thought was inspired. That is inspired. But they're two mm. inspired people, aren't they? Well, they're certainly capable of, of making the best of a bad situation. situation. <laughs> and yeah. God knows I've dragged them into a few. <laughs> yes, those two are the sensible people in your life when you're on the road, and I always find that ever so amusing. <laughs> exactly. It's all relative, darling. It's very, very relative. <laughs> very relative. Is there any plan? I know we're going to... We're going to talk Cruise the Edge because the diary carries on for a little bit with this. But is it? Is there any plan to to do it again? I, I, I'm. It's not. It's not something I know a lot about. So I know it exists, and I know that it's it came by yes, and this that, and the other. But I don't know what the schedules are, and if it's still an ongoing thing, and what have. Well, I'll have to check. Um, but yes, absolutely. We're 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 doing it next spring. Right. So we're doing another, we're doing it again next spring, and I, I think we're headlining it because although it's yes as cruise, they don't do it anymore because um, for whatever reason, you know, they've <laughs> they're either too cool <laughs> to do their own cruise, or they can't agree amongst themselves to do it. I, I mean, unfortunately, obviously, Chris has died. Um, mm. Alan White has passed away. So we're run, you know, kind of running out of members of Yes to to do it. That that just really leaves Steve Howe and Jeff Downs, um, in the incarnation of Yes that um, I became familiar with by doing the cruise, because what actually happened with Yes was that there was a kind of a rift and they split down the middle, and then there was the John Anderson and Rick Wakeman version of Yes and the Chris Squire, Alan White, Steve Howe version of Yes. 
I beg your pardon. Um, and um, and so there were these two yeses, and and the cruise cruise to the edge was was to do with it. Sorry about this motorbike. Did you hear that? No, I didn't hear that at all. Did you not hear that? I w- no, I was just wondering if two yeses becomes a no. I was just <laughs> trying to in my head. I'd got the idea that they cancel each other out. Ah, okay, yes. <laughs> if you'll pardon the no. expression. Yes squared. Um, yeah, I don't know. I can't help but keep saying yes and no now. Um, <laughs> um, but, we, yeah, the cruise to the edge was to do with, as far as I can tell, at least as a, as a relative novice to recent, re, the recent incarnations of yes. Um, cruise to the edge was about the Steve, how Alan White, Chris Squire one with, you know, extra folk. Um, there was a very good singer they had who sounded exactly like John Anderson and had a name like John Anderson or James Anderson. He, as, even his name was almost the same. Um, and and he he really had all that stuff nailed. He, you know, he'd, he'd got a lovely voice and that's a really rare voice that John Anderson has. Mm. Um, and then there was this other yes that I've, I've never met. I mean, I've... I've you know, or I've never encountered as an outfit. Yeah, uh, I've I've spent a very interesting twenty minutes locked in a room with Rick Wakeman once, um, but I've never met John Anderson, um, so I've never really come across that uh, incarnation. But even the incarnation of yes that I've come across, half of those is uh, are no more. You know, mm. so there's really only Jeff. Um, so uh, Jeff and Steve, sorry, and Jeff, Steve. Jeff yeah. and Steve, and they don't seem to want to do it, or they, you know, for whatever reason, it's not on their radar. So we found ourselves in the bizarre situation of of headlining "Cruise to the Edge." So they ought to change the title of it, really, to "Ocean Cloud" or something. Um. And then it at least would reflect what we're about. That's actually a really good idea. But nobody's offered. And... No. We're lost to marketing, aren't we? <laughs> so we are doing it. We're doing it next spring. Uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to have said that because I don't know if it's announced and on sale or, you know, I'll have to check with Lucy that she doesn't go, ah, you did what? Ah! Um so I'll check with her whether or not I'm allowed to say that. But as far as, you know, we're doing it. Um, mm. I don't know if it's been announced or not. And I'm looking forward to it. I, I really enjoy them. I do enjoy them. Well, I mean, the only thing is, obviously, if they've listened to 174, you might get a slightly, you know, might, you might get a full minibar. <laughs> yes. Well, well, in the, in, in the, the diary that I've read... That I've just read, that you've all just heard, um, details the experience we had the very first time we did Cruise to the Edge. And I think I'm going to chop a bit out and make an MP3 and send it to Frenchie and just go, could you send this to the organisers and remind them of how they used to treat us? Um, Because with each cruise we've done, it's sort of slipped back a bit. But this was the first one, 
and we were treated very nicely. No complaints mm. whatsoever. And just for the record, it, it is public knowledge that you're headlining next year. Is it? Yes, so you're all right. You don't have to go to Lucy and say, I've said this. Am I allowed to say this? Ah! Oh, okay. So you found, you're, you're, it, you found it online. I found it online. It's absolutely fine. And it's actually not April, it's March. There March we go. March 8 through 13. Wonderful. Well, that'll be something. Miami, Jamaica, Grand Cayman. That's where you're going? You're joking. We're going to Grand yeah. Cayman? Yeah. Oh, wow. I've got friends in Grand Cayman. So uh, I'll, I'll get off the boat and go and do a bit of socialising. And the ship is the Norwegian Pearl. Ah, the Norwegian Pearl. I might have been on that before, to be honest. But lovely. So there you are. So we're all fine. We're all fine. Mm. No need to get Lucy involved. No. Oh, OK. So there we are. Or if she gets involved, she's no reason to shout at you. Buy a ticket, cats. It'll be great. Trust me. You'll be glad you did. And funny enough, actually, Wishbone Ash are on the bill. Right. Fantastic. And a guy I used to work with in a music store in Leeds is their, their current guitarist. Oh, well, he must be there quite good. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll introduce the two of you virtually when you get to the time. You can say hello to Mark. He's an absolute giggle. Hmm. Look forward to right, it. Right, shall we call it today? Well, we should. Yeah, let's, let's should. Or it'll yes. be dark. Yes, yes. I've got to go, Mum. I'm no, I've really got to go, Mum. I'm sobering up. You are, actually. Go, go and fill that glass up. <laughs> I've got to go and check on a man with a tractor. I'll tell you about it later. Oh, have you? All right. Yes. Is he um, muck spreading? No, he's, he's actually cutting the grass at the junior school for the football pitch. Oh, that's all right, then. That shouldn't be too unsavoury. It's what he does. <laughs> Call Kev, he's great. Kev. Hmm. Well, send him my regards. I will, and I'll see you for Desert Island Discs. Tell him, tell him to cut a straight furrow. Always. I'll see, yes, I'll see you, Kirsty. We can put a long fade on this. Thanks for listening to the Corona Diaries. It featured Steve Hogarth with the insights and me, Ant Short, with the questions. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider subscribing and maybe leaving a review as this will help others find it. You could even share with other like-minded souls, should the mood take you. This has been an A Short Stories production. <laughs>